What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Bergman, what do you got? All right, so president of the Dodgers, Stan Kasten, uh, introduced their new uh, their center field pavilion they just opened up. And Okay, hold on, hold on. The... Take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> Say it Dodger again. Respira, <laughs> they, 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 Dodger. Yeah, you go very fast. Dodger okay. boy. What were they opening up at Dodger Stadium again? Their center field pavilion. They reopened it up. Yeah, there we go. There, there you go. There's a thank you for having me slow down. Yes, uh, they yes, are opening just up a breathe, okay, baby. I am. All right. Okay. So I'm okay, go, go, opening go. up a speakeasy that was inspired by Tommy oh. Lasorda, and oh. it's going to hold about a hundred fans. So, George, what do you think of speakeasies and this being at Dodger Stadium? I mean, I love anything that they can do at baseball stadiums to give us more entertainment options while we kind of casually watch the game. Because here's the deal: when I'm at home. The best part about baseball to me is that I don't have to actively watch every second of it. I can have it on. Um, my two little crazy kids can run around and, and pull me in different directions in between me watching the game. I can walk away for a second, but if I hear Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser make a crazy sound, I know I should run back to the screen, right? So, like, I, I think that having these kind of entertainment options at stadiums, for baseball stadiums, is really freaking smart. So I'm not sure I understand what's going on here, though. So first of all, speakeasies. Um, speakeasies? Explain to me. I mean, I know what it's supposed to be, but why inspired by Tommy Lasorda? Like, there's got to be more backstory here. A speakeasy. Oh, you're asking in a for a lot for Greg pavilion. to have backstory. Yeah, I know Go ahead, man. Greg. I'm curious. We dog. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the full backstory, but Tommy nope. Lasorda. Yep. It's a Tommy Lasorda inspired yep. speakeasy. How about this, Kaplan? You know How about is? this? You find that. Google nah, that. That know. is your job here for the next nah, two minutes. Nah, Google that, and then we'll talk about it. Well, here's the thing. You're right about the notion of entertainment experience. You know, Dodger Stadium is one of those older ballparks where, guess what? People actually used to go to, you ready for this? Watch, mm. watch baseball, baseball. <laughs> right? Yeah. People used to actually go to the game right. to watch the game. But what's happened is more ballparks have become entertainment experiences and frankly, in many cases, less about the game and more about the food or the beer or the tequila or the Tommy Lasorda speakeasy or whatever else is going on to keep you entertained. Mm -hmm. And so baseball always talks about younger fans and faster games and how to become more entertaining. It's by creating more stuff to do that's not just sitting there watching baseball. C create an event. I'm fine with that. I mean, listen, but here's my thing is that I like the idea of fan experiences. I don't need every fan in the ballpark to be locked in with their scorecard the same way I am when I'm at the ballpark. But I have a separate side issue with what has become of speakeasies in 2021. Okay. These have become very popular in various places across the world, including my hometown. But the problem is this. The speakeasy culture has been hijacked by cocktail culture, which I don't understand. Why is it that every time I go to a speakeasy, I got to have some $15 drink because yeah. some dude with a beard eyeballed me and thought I was in the mood for something? Why can't we just have a speakeasy that serves beer like everybody else and has not, you know, nachos and whatever? Speakeasies, for whatever reason, have become this totally different social experience when the only point really of a speakeasy is that people just don't know it's there. That's all I'm, that really a speakeasy is. It doesn't have to be some bespoke experience, you know what I mean, in order for it to be a speakeasy. I went to one cool one, though. It was after a movie premiere or something, and it was inside of a hotel in the basement, and you walk through a soda machine. You ordered, like, one of the sodas you had to order in a certain order, and then the thing would pop open. That was cool. 
But I don't need the speakeasy experience to be some whole thing if it's just another bar that's in the ballpark. We all know it's there because you told everybody. So it's not yeah. really a speakeasy. Yeah, I'm not really into this whole speakeasy idea. I was at some bar and they said, oh, here, you should come check this out. And then like behind this wall it looked like it was all grass it like opened up and you went back to this whole private tiki thing and they were making fancy drinks that were smoky and i was like you know i was fine out there i was good out in the bar i was good out there i don't really understand speakeasies in 2021 all right that is what you need to know brought to you by morongo play it safe good times uh we're gonna have more on the fans going back to dodger stadium including one item in particular that i think could ruffle some feathers here in Southern California. I'm just going to say it like that, and you're going to have to tune in at 5.15 to find out what the hell I'm talking about. But in the interim, guys, the Lakers have played nine games without LeBron and AD. They're four and five. So they're doing the thing that we asked them to do, which is don't lose to the awful teams. Beat those teams even without LeBron and AD. Don't lose to Cleveland and Orlando and Sacramento and a Toronto team without any of their good players. Win those games, and we expect you to lose to the Clippers and, and these other teams and, like, whatever. It's fine, but just be around 500 until those guys get back, or at least one of them gets back, and that will be holding down the fort in my estimation. Now, I know every fan feels differently about this, but Clinton, that was kind of my feeling when they both went down, and they've done a decent job here. I don't disagree, but I do think that the premise of saying what we ask them to do is part of the issue. I don't think it's what we asked them to do. It's you know what we hoped would happen. Because right. it was always going to be reasonable that this team fell apart without LeBron and AD. That wouldn't have been something to blame them for. So this, to me, it's not exactly an accomplishment, but it's certainly refreshing. Because, you know, some of us are more, I don't know, pessimistic than others. And I, I don't know that I was that pessimistic, but I definitely did not know, you know, what was going to happen. What's this team going to look like? Four and five, I don't care how you get there. You're learning something about yourself because you haven't completely gotten banged out. And that, to me, is as much of credit to Vogel as anybody else in this situation. I think they've held it together. They've kept their confidence up, which is half the battle in this situation. If you believe you're in it, you know, that is what is going to keep you going through this. So, you know, I don't know know if it was ever going to be reasonable for them to sort of get out of this without, you know, looking relatively bad. But they don't actually look that bad. They're just not winning – all the games that they normally would, and that to me is is a is a bonus overall. But I got to say, I'm surprised. I, I wouldn't have thought if you would have said to me, "Hey, what do you suppose the Lakers' record is without LeBron and AD?" And I would say post All Star game, because remember, right before the All Star game, LeBron didn't go to Sacramento and they lost that game. But I would have probably taken a guess. Well, if they played ten games, they're three and seven. That would have been probably my guess because there was that four game losing streak: Atlanta, Phoenix, New Orleans and Philly, and then they came back and beat Cleveland and Orlando, and they've gone win-loss-win. So I'm kind of surprised by the number four and five because if they can just hang on to like 500 basketball until one or both, and really more specifically for me when LeBron comes back, if you can play 500, you're hanging on. You didn't get, you know, you didn't go two wins in the next 15 games, which many of us predicted might happen. Oh, and by the way, George, I'm sure you're looking at the uh, the schedule. I mean, it, it's going to get really, really rough here. It's at only going to get harder, right? Yeah, yeah. At Miami, at Brooklyn, at the Knicks, at Charlotte, at Boston. I mean, it's or and then Boston at home. But four straight game, four more straight games on the road. Really tough teams too. George, let me ask you a question though. 
are you satisfied with the so-called brand of basketball and or do you think that this team has learned anything in this time beyond record that could be useful going forward? Because that's always my thing. The record is one thing, but what is actually happening with the basketball that can be applied going forward? Do you think that that has happened in any regard regarding any player um, in this last stretch? I I think they've just been trying to piece it together, Clinton. So what I would say is this, is that, you know, it seems like most nights it's a different guy, right? Obviously, because there's not a dominant guy left on this roster, right? Um, I will say that's a little disappointing for Dennis Schroeder as a guy who turned down an $84 million extension and wants about 100 because this is your moment to shine, and I don't think he's shined all that much. Like, he's been good defensively. I think that he helps to create a defensive disposition for them, but I would feel that he needs to carry the load on offense a little more for that kind of money if I were the general manager, okay? Yeah. Um, and, and so, but I do think that what, we, what I like moving forward is it is a different guy, and that's all you need with AD and LeBron. It's just one other dude to have a good game, okay? If one other dude has a good game and you just get, like, the minimal contributions from everyone else, you're going to win most nights. I agree. I think this has been... You know, look, it, it's been about as good as it can get for something that has not gone great, you know, because you're learning. And Schroeder, okay, Schroeder might be a disappointment, you know, obviously getting body slammed or whatever we want to call it under the under the rim is not exactly what you want. But this could have been much worse. You know, this team could have – I mean, this team could have looked completely listless. That has yeah. not happened. Correct. And I think that's something to be celebrated. I actually thought last night, particularly in the first half, there was a point where they were like 50-some-odd percent from three-point range. It didn't finish that way. But they were so on fire, like they just couldn't miss. And, man, it was finally good to see dudes knock down shots when particularly the three-point shooting had been so abysmal. But the first half, they were so on fire. I mean, they had like a 20-plus point lead at one point. I mean, it it was like watching Baylor destroy Gonzaga in the first half. I thought about, (laughs) do I even need to stick around for the second half? And that's how well the Lakers were shooting at at one point in the first half anyway. Yeah, no question about it. Now, earlier in the show, Clinton had a somewhat controversial take. Today is the anniversary of the movie Major League. He believes that Major League Two funnier, funnier. That's um, it. Major League One is the better movie. Um, and you're saying that they just that Major League Two has the better line. So we've got people on the phone that would like to comment on this. And also, you believe that Omar Epps is the better Willie Mays Hayes, no, correct? No, I think they're equal. I think okay. they're equal. They're doing different things. I think that Omar Epps... Played actually better baseball in the movie, though. Okay, okay, okay. A better athlete than Wesley Snipes, despite well, in uh, that movie, Wesley Snipes is the all-time favorite of mine in all sports. White man can't jump. Yeah, I live in Venice Beach. Come on now. Yeah, (laughs) and and of course the line about you know, what was the line? It was something like I told Michael Jordan I couldn't go play pro because I'd I'd lose money or what was it? What was the line? Listen, all right, let's just get to Major League. I don't need to get off into a whole tangent about white. Okay, I just I know there was that. I remember that. I played him on in. On Halloween on yeah. TV, uh, so okay. I'm, 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 I will go down a rabbit hole too quickly on that. But okay. I think uh, Willie Mays Hayes is a great role that okay. Omar Epps reprised very well. All right, let's go to Jason and Downey. Jason, what's up? So, so my main man Clinton Gates is right. Now, I'm be honest. I actually saw two in the movies before I saw one because oh, I think I was see? barely two when number one came out. Okay. So when I first saw any major league, it was number two. So the, my Willie Mays Hayes has always been Omar Epps until I saw one. But I got to say, why two is so much more funnier? Randy Quaid, my God. Adding him 
is amazing. You know, Wild Thing, you make my butt sting. You make everything embarrassing. <laughs> Randy Quaid Tanaka, is good. Randy Quaid is good. I'll give Tanaka's you Randy Quaid. Tanaka's great. Jumping up on the outfield wall to make a grab. Come on now. Yep. And then adding Brew Baker, you know, you get that little love story out of the way um, with Renee Russo. She's not even in this one. And only that, everybody yeah. hated hated Dorn in the first one. We love Dorn in number two. Dorn, come on. He just says, mm-mm. That's the best. I got yeah. I'm with Clinton, man. Number two Thank over number you. one any day. Oh, man, it's just such a bad movie compared See, you guys to number were just, one. I think you know. Okay, here's what I think is actually happening here, and I know we've got another call here, but there's certain ages that you get to when certain things just cannot be cool in your mind, and right. like once you realize that, like, yo, I'm not doing this. Is actually how I feel, and this is gonna sound really blasphemous but like this is how i felt about mighty ducks i was just a little too old to think that right. mighty ducks was cool agreed and you know what i'm saying and like i get why people like it but that was for me i was like i nah i don't like this you know what yeah, I'm but saying? jason and, like, and downey saw major league two before he saw major league one so he thought of omar epps as being willie mays hayes before he understood who really created willie mays hayes right and so so he saw it in reverse and that's why he liked two better Clouded than one. Clouded judgment. Yes. And I, I, I look Black at it like this. Like, I Black like hammer? Th- White lightning? Yeah. Don't I get like me started. I, I, Dude, I, I don't even remember Major League Two. I mean, yeah. seriously. I, I will say this. I bet you Greg was one of those people that was, that was offended when you said that uh, Mighty Ducks wasn't your thing. Absolutely. 100%. I it's love offensive, isn't movies. it? All of them. All of them were great. I mean, Mighty Ducks isn't even close to my top three hockey movies. Not, I mean, that, that, it's not even on the I mean, that metal stand. It's not even in the top five. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean. Let me go to Mark in Ontario. Mark, what's up? Yeah, the, it's definitely the original Major League, and mostly because of manager Lou Brown. I bet he still got those white walls on <laughs> on line two, and when he when he went on uh, Doran's contract, that was the best. <laughs> it was a good move. That was great. That was great. Thank you for the call. And they had Willie Mays Hayes' bed, remember, outside, yes, and he woke up. During he ran the, he ran the sprint, the sprint that's, and that he beat hilarious. everybody, right, in his that's pajamas. Hilarious. That's that funny. funny. Yes, it's funny. It's just not the same. Again, 2 is a kid's movie, basically. You yeah. know what I mean? So the entire nature of the comedy is on a completely different level. There's no curse words in it. You know, it's a completely right. different film. That's, yeah. that's, that's the deal. Renee right. Russo was so hot in Major League One. I remember she was. thinking, God, yeah. she's so hot. Yeah. She yeah. was really. Yeah, she, she's a beautiful woman, for sure. Uh, all right. Coming up next. The fans are going back to Dodger Stadium. And there is going to be a controversial, I believe, controversial here in Southern California, addition to their food. I'll tell you what that's all about in just a moment. We're back in three and a half minutes. But first, a look at traffic with Kiki. What's up, Kiki? Hey, George. I want to start off with good news. West Covina, earlier Sigler, they've cleared that. The 10 eastbound right at Via Verde. But now we've got a new problem in West Covina. 10 eastbound at Azusa Avenue. Two-car crash. It's got the uh, carpool lane blocked. This report sponsored by AIS Insurance. Insurance rates are rising. Don't wait until your next auto insurance renewal to see how much your increase will be. Go to AISinsurance.com. And in five minutes, you'll know how much you could be saving on auto insurance. I'm Kiki with your traffic. 710 ESPN. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. I feel like that was a good ratio. Real quick, before we get into the controversial addition to the Dodger Stadium culinary experience, okay? Um, you and I, Clinton and Scott, were talking about Blake Griffin during the break because we're watching this Brooklyn-New Orleans game. And I was saying Piston fans and Piston media, because I follow a couple of both on my Twitter account, are a little annoyed at Blake. And they're like, yo, he looks a lot more spry all of a sudden in Brooklyn than he looked here in Detroit recently, okay? (laughs) And look, Blake Griffin is not anywhere near the player he used to be, but I see that, and I can understand why they'd be angry, But I get why he made this business decision. He made a calculated decision in my estimation. This is just my opinion. This doesn't mean that Blake doesn't want to win a championship. It doesn't mean any of that. So I want to couch that on the front end before you all make this some sort of thing that I'm ripping Blake as a basketball player. That's not it. But Blake Griffin has other interests outside of basketball. And as he should, as everyone should, we should all be well-rounded people. But... You know, he's got the comedy thing, right? He's done the stand-up stuff. Um, And being in New York on a team that could potentially win a championship is a smart bet, I think, Clinton Yates, for a guy who's still got a little basketball left in him, who just hit a big three from like 30-something feet. I'm telling you, he's more spry than people gave him credit for. Um, But it is a smart business calculation for when he is done playing basketball absolutely i mean i think the thing that's overlooked in a lot of this because you know nba twitter likes to get so just i don't know nerdy about everything blake griffin is a star end of story whether or not he's a great basketball player not at this stage of his career is immaterial everybody knows who blake griffin is his commercials were funny he jumped over a car and people know who he is what he looks like you know and i think that that's a large part and that's a fair business play if you that's a fair life play you know, that's how you end up on SNL. That's how you end up with a career that actually is something beyond just whether or not you played for the Clippers or the Pistons or even were the ninth man on the Nets at any point. I think this is brilliant. I, there is no part of me that feels like because Blake Griffin decided that once he got to New York, he was more motivated with life than when he lived in Detroit. I bet you if a lot of people from Detroit or who lived in Detroit moved to New York and got to hang around to much cooler friends, they'd probably like their lives a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a natural growth as far as I'm concerned. Did he dog it in Detroit? Not for me to say, but 
It's a little shocking when he came out and dunked on, yeah, guess who, the Wizards. Shocker there. But my point is, is that, like, I got no issues with this from a career move standpoint whatsoever, even if it doesn't, you know, beget the best basketball on earth. No way. Yeah, but, but let's face it. I mean, if you're in Detroit, if you were a Pistons fan or if you were Detroit media and you're looking at Blake Griffin now and you're going, now how come he's doing that there, but he wasn't doing that here you might just put two and two together and go, because he was unhappy, he right. didn't want to be here. And so, therefore, when you say, was he dogging it? Yeah, he was dogging it. You know why? He didn't want to be here. How could he get himself out of here? By dogging it. And then how could he get himself to a much better situation that's better for him as a basketball player and as somebody who wants to be in the entertainment industry? Get out of here and go somewhere where that kind of stuff is happening. It, it reminds me of there's been lots of examples of players who've dogged it in one place, then found themselves on a much better team. And all of a sudden they were being back. They were back to being great players. One always comes to mind is Randy Moss for the Raiders garbage yeah, for right. the Patriots back to being a hall of famer. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't begrudge Blake because he used the system. I can, if I dog it and I don't play, they'll get rid of me. They'll buy me out. And I'll be able to be free and move on. And now he's playing like a guy who's around much better players in a much more exciting, winning, fun environment. Yeah, 100%. So I, I think all those things can be true, right? Like it, and it's not an indictment on anyone to right. say that. You know, but I think people take that as an indictment. They take it very negatively when you're like, he, you're saying he doesn't care about basketball. No, no, no. We've said that on the front end and the back end, that he, he does care about basketball. He's got some left. And he wants to try to win a championship and also help himself. So there's that. Right. He wants uh, to use basketball to get to where he wants to go. Right. He's got a show on Turner that's coming up soon. It's like some practical uh, joke show, right? Clint, you were saying it's yeah, like. Yeah, it's like a punk type of situation, a modern day punk. That's my understanding of it. Right. That's not necessarily something I'm going to watch. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. But it is definitely something that I won't mind watching some uh, some viral gifts. Viral clips. clips yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. I agree. It's like Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy. I know he's hosting, but I'm not really watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, speaking of something that is a little more controversial, especially here in Southern California, okay, is burger talk, okay? Burger talk is generally run. The streets of Southern California are run by the folks on In-N-Out, okay? Folks in In-N-Out run the streets of the burger talk in Southern California, okay? That's what I just, you know, that is the burger conversation epicenter when we start having conversations about burgers here in L.A. because everyone goes to In-N-Out. Um, so, the Dodgers are adding perhaps a competitor. I don't know. It just depends on how you look at it. In Shake Shack to Dodger Stadium. Now, I prefer Shake Shack burgers to almost any burger. Okay? However, I don't know if I would consider that, and again, I'm not talking about like gourmet stuff. Just come out and say it stuff. here, George. Okay. Here's what you said in the pre-show meeting. Shake Shack is not fast food. That's it's not, what you said. It's not fast food. I don't believe Shake Shack is fast food. What is you it gotta, You know why? I'm going to explain why. You got a pager. You got a pager and you got to <laughs> wait for your food with a pager. <laughs> that is the scam that they've gotten you with. Now, I don't even necessarily disagree with you about the taste, but here's where In-N-Out, I think, People overrate certain parts of In-N-Out. The reason why In-N-Out works so well is because it's cheap, okay? It tastes great 
for the price that you're paying. That is the value there. Yes. And the experience is one part of it. But, like, Shake Shack is fast food, bro. Just because they stick you in a lobby and no. give you a pager doesn't no. mean it's not. If you got a pager, I feel like that is the the distinction. That's your that's your that's if, the line of demarcation. If you got to wait in a lobby and you get a pager, there if you're not no no you are not. This fast is a child's view of fast Actually, food. Actually, like, if you don't get a toy though, in your Happy Meal, it's not fast. No, no, food. no. I'm with, no. I'm with George on this. I feel like, and I'm and I'm. By the way, I'm trying to put all my feelings on this together at the same time. I don't think burger. I don't think that they're a, a Shake Shack is a fast food restaurant, and yet. You might go to a mall and there could be a Shake Shack or you could go to a shopping center, a strip mall, and there might be a Shake Shack. Right. But you could find yourself in some really high end kinds of suburban shopping centers and there's a Shake Shack. I will say this burger for burger. OK, and here's the only way to judge it. When you go to a burger place, you got to try like a piece of pizza it has to be cheese pizza because that's the baseline. A burger, just burger, cheese and, and bun. That's the baseline. If you love it when it's plain like that, then you know you love the burger. I happen to think the Shake Shack burger is a great burger, okay? But I know, like, my kids, they're like, overrated, totally overrated burger. And I'm like, overrated or overpriced? Because Shake Shack's kind of expensive for a burger. It is. It is. I'll give you that. A little expensive. Yeah. You guys have been duped by Big Quick Fire, okay? Quick Fire Still fast food, right. as far as I'm concerned. By the way, right. quick timeout. Blake Griffin just yammed it from like uh, the restricted area, it, like before the restricted area, um, to uh, with with just like a crazy jam in transition. Yeah, all right, dude, it from looked the, like he jumped from over beyond the restricted area, Seriously. middle of the paint. I would right. call it. Right. Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, he took off just from the free throw line extended. Seriously. So again, back to hold the beginning on. of all of this, which was where was that in Detroit? Correct. When they said I, that he hadn't dunked this is 2019. So there's, I just went to the Shake Shack website. They have yes. breakfast sandwiches? I didn't know that. I oh, I did not know either. that either. I haven't been that in a long time. That is news to me. Now, oh. Kaplan has a controversial Shake Shack opinion as well. Okay. Which is? that it's, hot dog. Oh, no, well, hold on. Listen. No, no, no. Listen. Hot dogs. I don't ever eat hot dogs, like unless I'm grilling them in the backyard, and even that's rare. And when I do, it's got to be a Hebrew gnat for the Hebrew brother. But um, I got to say, Five Guys has a phenomenal oh, it was five hot guys, dog. My bad. Five my Guys bad. has a phenomenal hot dog. And by the way, people have agreed with me all over Twitter. They understand. If you've ever gone to Five Guys and had a hot dog, that's a great dog. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to get a Shake Shack burger in Dodger Stadium? I am. Cause, yeah. Yeah, because I, I would have no problem with that at all. It's right, but I easy. feel like I'm gonna it, get my Shake Shack burger, take it in the speakeasy, and then we're gonna say, "Where's Kaplan?" I don't know. He can't find yeah. it. That's what no, we're that's right. Exactly. And he's still he trying to figure it. out why Tommy Lasorda has anything to do yeah. with the speakeasy. He still hasn't Googled that. Yeah, no, I did Google it. and I still can't find it. Yeah, uh, Bergman, Shake Shack at Dodger Stadium. You love the Dodgers. You love Dodger Stadium. I feel like you are an In and Out loyalist. How do you I feel am. about this? I mean, I'll get Shake Shack. Shake Shack is really good, but okay. to say that it's better than In and Out is blasphemous. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan <laughs> of this conversation. Well, think about it's the blasphemous. Dodgers, though. The Dodgers, they're out there trying to do business, and they're saying, "Okay, what's the product that we think our fans would want to have here?" Well, they want a great burger. Okay, who are we going to do a deal with? I, I I don't know if they went to In and Out. I don't know if In-N-Out said, no, I don't want to be there. But they got a deal done with Burger Lounge. So when you go to a Dodger game, you go get, not Burger Lounge, uh, Shake Shack, you can go get a, a Shake Shack burger. 
right. think they got great shakes too, by the way. Well, there is some scarcity here of Shake Shack in Southern California. There's not a lot of them, okay? Right. That That is the other part. That is a very East Coast-centric chain, okay? Yes. Oh, yeah. Really? No question. Really? It started in New York City. Did yeah. not know that. Yeah. yeah First yeah. one I encountered was a few years ago in Minneapolis at the Super Bowl when they had Radio Row in the Mall of America. That was, was like, awesome, by the way. I was dude, there. Was I was awesome. like, I'm broadcasting right next to Shake Shack. I got to have one of those. Right. By the way, I, I think that the original one, I could be wrong, was either in Central Park or near Central Park, you know, in, that, in one of those neighborhoods. But anyway, um, I, I, I am curious to see how this works over. We'll ask the audience, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Would, would you, as an In-N-Out loyalist, be okay eating the Shake Shack burger at Dodger Stadium? All right, we got that, plus blasphemy. Speaking of blasphemy, blasphemy in the NBA world. We'll tell you about that in three and a half minutes. We'll be back here on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Sit down, LZ, and Captain Yates in for LZ today. Hanging out. Your so boy. we got people on hold that want to talk about would they eat at Shake Shack at Dodger Stadium if they're an In-N-Out loyalist. So hit us up at 877-710-ESPN. There's a Shake Shack opening up at Dodger Stadium. By the way, Kevin Durant, I guess, is entering the game. Is this for the first time? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, because people are standing up. His mom's there taking a video of it. Really? Kicks. Midway through the second quarter? Yeah, well, he's very much on a minutes restriction. I don't that's clearly the case. Let me ask you this real quick before we get back to the Dodger thing and get to the calls. Um, do you believe that this team is talented enough that they can go and play the minimal amount of games, basically, that one would require to get any semblance of chemistry and actually go on and win the East, let alone win the championship? Because they, I think they've only played six or seven games together. Seven. seven. So it's seven. And there's how many games left? Like 20? You know, like, and, and Harden's going to miss 10 of those? <laughs> like, at least? Uh, that's a lot. I, I know they're really talented on offense. But, man, in the playoffs, when you're going up against the likes of Doc Rivers and Eric Spolstra and even Brad Stevens in the East, like, those are three really good coaches. And from game to game, they come up with really good game plans, man. Mm. Yeah, Durant just came in and, and right away had a mid-range jumper that he knocked down. Um, my answer, by the way, is no. Um, I don't believe it. And by the way, it's the same answer I've got for the Lakers. In other words, if the Lakers don't get AD LeBron healthy, and then if they don't get those guys back on the floor and then get Drummond in the mix with them, if they don't get all those guys together and play an ample number of games – they could have trouble in the playoffs because they have not played and worked together, and well, I'm a chemistry guy. L- let me disagree with you for a second, and Clinton, I- I'd love to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on this. I disagree on that. Number one, you have LeBron. Okay? I understand. Got it. Le- LeBron literally has had dudes thrown at him in the middle of a season, and, you know, in all different spots, and has made that person flourish. That's okay. one. Number yeah. two, these guys have played together. Right. They, they won it. a championship together. All so I don't good. think that's the same as these guys playing it's you know, not, for the first but time what, But the question you asked was, Will they have enough time to put it all together? And what concerns me most about the Lakers is, 
getting these guys 100% healthy, getting them some run on the floor, getting them um, with their new player, Drummond, and getting it all to work. Is it different between the Lakers and the Nets? Yes, it is. Do I think that the Nets will be able to do this if these guys don't all play together 10, 12, 14 games heading into the playoffs? I don't think so. I do not think so. I don't think that you can take these three superstars and not play them and go, okay, you guys go out there and just play like it's a street ball game. I don't right. buy it. Yeah. I, 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 that, that, I, and look, I'm a guy who picked the Nets to win the East, but I do have some concerns about that, Clinton. Okay, so quickly, first of all, we have to shout out Wanda Durant. She looks great tonight. Her match she does. is very sparkly. Yes. The real MVP. Always want to shout bling. out Wanda. Um, so here's the analogy I used on Around the Horn today, which is that what the Nets are doing are building the plane as they fly. Now, Ev, if the plane ends up being the vicious fighter jet that we're all afraid of, that's good. But if you don't actually get the plane together and you've got teams like not just the Bucks but the Sixers – Waiting in the wings, well, it matters. You know what I mean? And, I, you know, I, I look, can they get to their peak form? Maybe. But there's also the question of, like, are some of these other teams going to get enough confidence in themselves that the peak form, if you start talking about who's playing defense, who's really got it from a coaching standpoint, as you brought up, George, maybe that might not matter. You know what I mean? There's no proof that this is going to work. Yeah. On any level. And I think that that's something to be considered Considered if you're a Nets fan. Obviously, their octane, the octane of their offense is outrageous. You yes. Know, that's not even in question. Historical. Historical. We don't know yes. that when they're playing, and this is something I talk about all the time that people tend to forget. The game plans you mentioned, the reason why it changes in the playoffs is you're playing the same team every night. Correct. You know what I'm saying? And there's days off. Adjustments are made, yeah. you know, yeah. and like, the, and their days off. And so, like, this team might be able to, and this is something that the Rockets used to do a lot, blow out a different team every night when they're at full strength. But I don't necessarily know if that's going to go the same way. And that's where Steve Nash, not just being a rookie head coach in the NBA, but never having been a coach right. at all, yep. at all, is something that part. is a concern here. So Absolutely. I don't think there is in, in the driver's seat as they think they are. Even even if everybody gets back, that was a question for me from the jump. So that's not a knock on anybody. I just think, again, a lot of parts for a plane that's trying to fly that are still on the ground are still getting fixed at the same time. It's dicey for sure. All right, let, let's go to the phones. we got a lot of people that want to chime in on Shake Shack at Dodger Stadium and if they're an in-and-out loyalist, if they, uh, if they would partake in the Shake Shack at Dodger Stadium. Marlon is in Pasadena. What's up, Marlon? Hey, fellas. Uh, I'm an in-and-out loyalist, but check this out. Due to the in the enjoyment of the game, I would not want to buy in and out of Dodger Stadium because the lines at in and out alone are always ridiculous. If you put an in and out in Dodger Stadium and you went to get a burger, you would miss an inning for sure. Although I like in and out better, I would much rather have a Shake Shack burger with a modest line than be trapped in a ridiculous well, in and out at Dodger Stadium and miss a whole inning. And That's there's a quality a call right there. That's a quality there, call. Good there is point. a possibility, Marlon, that you also will get a pager with Shake Shack, oh, which means you can still watch Yo, the game. I got to have that pager. I got to have that pager. I'd rather have a pager and be back in my seat yep. than being in and out and have yep. a superior burger but miss a whole inning of the okay. game. You know what you're they're gonna doing give, now? You're going to give Dodgers fans extra projectiles. To be using inside. <laughs> well, the pager the only works within a certain range anyway. So. Oh, it works as a weapon wherever I choose to throw it. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Come on. Now. I think everybody's going to get text messages at ball games like, hey, um, the only way to order is to order give me your number. Your right. Yes. Right. And then, yes. hey, I'm going to text you and you can come pick it up. I don't That's know true. that people are going to be standing in line. No pagers. The way they used to. Right. They yeah. may not actually have a pager. Right. Uh, but he's right, though, about one thing, which is this. You can pretty much drive around anywhere in Southern California, anywhere, 
and you pass an in and out and you have to be prepared for like a 20 minute drive through experience. Yeah. You may try Minimum. every time I drive from LA to San Diego, I always stop at the in and out on Avery Parkway and, and it's like just a little teeny tiny drive through. And I like look and I go, can I possibly get out of my car and walk in and get this faster? Like you're always thinking that. Yes. So really, it, it could be at a ball game or it could just be at any random in and out at 2.30 in the morning. They're all always packed. I live next to an in and out so oh, I'm you familiar with this. Yes. yes. They will jam up your neighborhood's traffic pattern for days on end for sure. One more. Sneak one more in and we'll take more of your calls on the other side because we only have like a two-minute break. 877-710-ESPN. Jason in West Hills. Jason. That other guy was an imposter. He's not an In-N-Out loyalist. There's no way. The line would be worse. Or it would be, be just as bad at Shade Shack. But here's the thing. I'm not going to wait two, three innings for a, a little bit better Wendy's. Um, and I Whoa. argue and challenge anybody to find me a better non-frozen burger at In-N-Out price. Find it. I guarantee you can't. This is okay. This is a good call. This is oh, my point. Shake Shack glorified Wendy's. The draw of In and Out is the Next price. Next time you yo. eat Shake Shack, close your eyes and think of Wendy's. And I, I promise you, <laughs> Wendy's is a little bit better bun. A little bit better bun, and you got Wendy's right there. Oh, Jason. You know Wendy's no, is Wendy's no. is if you if we were playing overrated, underrated, properly rated. Way too many burgers in his life. I'm telling you. <laughs> <I'm an expert>. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you guys. If we Thank were playing you, the game earlier, overrated, underrated, properly rated, and you had In and Out, Wendy's, and Shake Shack and you had to go overrated, underrated, properly rated. Go ahead, George. What do you got? I would go properly rated in and out. I would go underrated Shake Shack, and I would go burgers, overrated mm-hmm. Wendy's. Okay, I would go underrated Wendy's, and I'd go overrated Shake Shack because Wendy's, and I, I haven't been in ages, but the last time I went, I remember sitting there at Wendy's going, this is a freaking unbelievable burger. Mayo, ketchup, mustard, pickles, onions, lettuce, tomato, cheese, and two square patties. You know what? Wendy's, very underrated burger. The, y'all are getting the wrong thing at Wendy's. All right? The A-plus menu item at Wendy's is the spicy chicken sandwich number six. All right? Come on now. Get it together. The Comparable nuggets, nugs, to the, nuggets. the Popeye's Spicy chicken? nugs are strong, too. The nuggets, Their spicy man. chicken game all around mm. is what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's where Wendy's thrives. The spicy nugs, the oh. frosty, the frosty. Oh, frosties are bomb. Frosty, I mean, you ever put the nuggets in the frosty? I've done oh, that. Come on, man. Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> Recreational, man. It happens. I mean, it's just a shame. I understand that, but it's yeah. a shame that you can't get yeah. a frosty through a straw and that you got to eat it with a spoon. That was always sort of a deterrent for me. I, I agree. I agree with you. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. We didn't get to the blasphemous comment in the NBA. Plus, do you care about the Masters? We'll- This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Get to that in a moment. I'm going to call Vallarta, and I'm going to make sure they get some Boar's Head uh, Vermont cheddar. Just that one item, okay? What do you think, Briones? Do you think I can get Vallarta to just get that one item for me? Nah, man, just get the Oaxaca. That's all you need. Get the Oaxaca, <laughs> dog. <laughs> Sedano, did I see you yesterday walking out of the 
ESPN 710 Studios, and all of a sudden a delivery was brought to you yes. of a bunch of Cubano food because you won the 710 Bracket Challenge. Is that right? That is correct. They, uh, the folks, Tommy and Chris, brought me uh, Tropicana uh, Cuban Cafe and Bakery from Downey, which is my favorite spot in town. And um, they brought it over for me. Yeah, so we had dinner last night on uh, the station because nice. I won the bracket competition. It goes to show you how bad we all were God, that I terrible. won the bracket competition. And who'd you have as winning the national championship? I had Gonzaga, um, mm. but so that lost. But I was already, I had already won before the championship game. I was totally convinced, and this is a side note. And I know it's Wednesday afternoon, but we weren't really on much on Monday, and we were off yesterday. And maybe I'm giving too much credit to UCLA, but I'm sticking with this. I think UCLA took so much out of Gonzaga. That that's why Gonzaga didn't have their A game going on the national championship night. Now a lot of people tell me, no, you're wrong. Baylor's just a superior team, but I'm having a hard time buying that. Yeah, I mean that that's reasonable. Baylor was. Yeah, I mean, and also <laughs> yeah, were they, they were or are they? Yeah, no, they 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 are, and they were. That that game gets played ten times, and they're just bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, more skilled, more deeper. <laughs> like they, but, but they, they were, were like men really versus tested. boys. But that were, that happened. Seven out of ten times they beat Gonzaga. But they, but they blew up, They beat up everybody, and they won every game comfortably as Gonzaga had Correct. until they had gone up against UCLA. And to me, UCLA took so much out of them, and they were so gassed, and they were just so overrun by the emotion of the, the, the buzzer beater that they were just totally gassed by the time that game came around the national Maybe, title. Maybe, but I don't think that's the big reason. I think just right, well, Baylor I'm trying whooped to give UCLA ass. some credit, you know? Did yeah. you see, no, I get you, uh, but you Baylor see... just whooped their ass because Baylor's better. <laughs> did you see what UCLA former player Josiah tweeted where he had the he said Baylor Josiah versus Gonzaga and it yeah. was <laughs> it was a TikTok chick that was on Fallon who was doing the terrible job as Gonzaga right. and then the actual girls who did it as Baylor like that's really what was happening there just better team yes yeah just way 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 better team um so speaking of way way better normally or at least the last you know I don't know uh prior to I guess last year we spent about five years thinking the Warriors were definitely the better team. Like, we, we talked about how uh, it was unfair, right, that they had Kevin Durant and all that stuff. Um, since Kevin Durant has left, we, we know kind of the saga. But Steph Curry, man, that dude, he is carrying a team that is bad around him, right? Let, let's call it what it is, okay? They are still in the West in the play-in scenario Strictly because Steph Curry's going for like 30 most nights that he's out there, <laughs> um, you know, when they're winning games. And there was a dude on Fox. I'm not even going to call out his name. And it's not it's not a radio person. Or, well, actually, he's a radio oh, person. Oh, he's a radio person. He right. is, but he's not on in L.A. So, uh, you know, I don't want to give him too much pub. But he he basically said that Steph Curry is not transcendent, Clinton. And I felt like that is you are a casual if you're saying that to me. Um, let's just say his name rhymes with the late great prices right host, and let's just say that this guy is making no sense at all because let me tell you something that ends all discussions about Wardell Stephen Curry. Let me explain this to you. Turn your radios up, Los Angeles. There is one player in the history of the National Basketball Association that has won the MVP trophy unanimously. One, it's Steph, okay? So, like, all the other discussions you want to have about how he's not the guy or this, that, and third, not possible when you're the lone human being walking the earth and the galaxy who has had every single person vote for you at once to win the award. Now, does that mean that he was that much better than everybody else? I don't know. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go with relative votes in terms of power rankings of MVPs. That's not the point. But the point is, is that he's got that, number one. Number two, there's no value for revolutionizing basketball that you can properly address sort of in the time that it's happened. You go to any court across America, all these kids, they want to play like Steph Curry. Look at, mm-hmm. uh, look at uh, what's his name? Mello, Ball. You know what right. I'm saying? His whole game is a deriv- derivation of that with, you know, sort of different parts of it. Steph Curry is modern basketball is what, is what it comes down to in, right. very, in many ways. And so to, to sort of discount that, and more largely, this is like a big Twitter thing. I have no idea where this came from. Like, I do not understand who these people are that are so butthurt about Steph that they can't give him his run. It, it makes no sense to me on any level at all. That was the best. When we did our ratings for the top five basketball teams ever when the um, last dance came out, I put the team that lost to the Cavs as my number one team. You know why? Because they were better. I don't care about the finals. I watched every game that year, and the basketball they played behind Steph Curry was that much better. Yeah, I just It makes me insane when people say that Steph's not the guy because, he, A, he's got the hardware, and, B, what basketball are you watching if you do not understand what this guy's impact was, not just to the Warriors, but to the NBA? Bird brain logic all around. You know, you use the word transcendental. You know, has he transcended, you know, the game? Is he a transcendental sort of a player? And I would just say this that we were having a conversation a couple weeks back, guys, about what the NBA should do about, you ready for this, their three-point problem. And I was like, what three-point problem? And, you know, George went off and LZ went off and we brought guests on that, that talked about this. And there were all kinds of statistics to back up that the NBA has a problem because there are too many threes. And, and George, you talked a lot about how do we solve this problem? What do we do? How do we make it more difficult? And to me, um, unless I'm just giving him way too much credit, to me, Steph Curry is kind of the leader of that, the three-point shot and and way beyond the three-point line, has become a very makeable shot. Prior to the three-point line, guys would never consider shooting anywhere near where where Steph Curry and now a whole generation of players, both in, in the pros and in college, will shoot from. To well, me, that, that's what his impact has been on the game. Well, and, and just to bring it down back to a micro level before we move on, um, you know, I would say, and I said this before the season started, okay? I said for the Warriors to make the playoffs, Steph Curry is going to have to have a year similar to the Kobe Bryant 05-06 season, the Smush Parker year, where he scored, oh, well, there were years, obviously, but the one year he did the 35 points a night. And when you look at the Warriors right now, the nights they win is when Steph goes bonkers like he did yesterday for 41. You know what I mean? Like that. And, and, and his, his scoring average is around 30 points right. per game. He's right there at 30. Yeah. And it, so, like, he's having to have that kind of crazy season with not such great talent around him. Like, to me, he's having that Kobe season or the closest thing we've seen, I think, since Kobe and uh, that particular year. All right. Coming up next. Do you care about the Masters? And also, speaking of Kobe and the Lakers, the Lakers made an addition. We'll introduce you to that addition, and the Clippers did one as well. And there's a ton of calls. People still want to talk about burgers. Yeah, we need to get to some of these calls. I need to hear this fast okay. food or we'll, not we'll, chalk talk. We'll, we'll do all that. All of that will come up. We have a big, long segment coming up. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.